0: Hello and welcome to another live edition of the Cyclone Insider Podcast and live stream. I'm Travis Hines. He's Randy Peterson coming to you on a Friday morning after Iowa State's 90... Oh, I got the wrong... I got ninety two thirty seven Grambling. I grabbed the wrong box score. Iowa State's 25-point <laughs> win over Iowa nice. in the Cyhawk game. An absolute, complete, thorough beatdown by Iowa State over their rival, Iowa, on Thursday night at Hilton Coliseum. Randy, I mean, right from the jump, Iowa State went inside. They absolutely dominated play with Trey King and Rob Jones, which would have not been uh, probably the the duo that you would expect to lead the offensive charge for Iowa State in any game. But those guys did it. They were efficient, they were physical, and they were the absolute – the game was over at halftime because of those two, and you know, obviously, the supporting cast around them getting them the ball in positions to score.
1: It was clear,
0: and I think you said you said it very early to me um, that Iowa
1: is, you know, that this is this could be a bad game in the interior, but with Iowa, a bad um, a, a, a meltdown, a pounding in the in the in the in the paint, which it was, which it was Iowa State at forty. Forty-six to eighteen points in the paint. Okay, I can see that against whomever Grambling State or somebody like that, but against a Power Five team or Power Four or whatever you want to call it, or we'll call them now. But but against a team like Iowa, a Big Ten team like Iowa, that's often known to be somewhat physical, at least in the middle, and at least have somewhat of a post presence. To do that, to outreach to outscore them into paint forty six to eighteen. That was that was um, beyond beyond my belief, beyond my my comprehension. I, I don't I don't uh, um, Iowa certainly was 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 soft inside, and I thought it interesting that we. I thought it interesting that that we heard in the post game. I think it was. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was Rob Jones that said they went into the game knowing that, or maybe maybe it was Trey, one of them two, saying that that we knew that would be a place where we could, we meaning Iowa State, could exploit. And by golly, they did. It was, it was, it was, um, it was incredible the way Iowa State dominated in the paint.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's threefold. One, the the scouting report, the game plan by mm-hmm. the coaching staff was, you know, peerless. And again, that's one thing to go out and execute it immediately and almost flawlessly by the players is another yeah. thing. And then a third thing for Iowa not to either adjust or have, you know, the wherewithal to get more physical inside with those two guys and or to switch up their ball screen coverage was a failure there, you know, to adjust to what was happening immediately. And Iowa State just took advantage of a weakness. I mean, that's I think it's as simple as that because everything that happened afterwards was kind of playing out the string. I mean, Keyshawn Gilbert had a great game, but it was almost an afterthought to me just because of how dominant Iowa State was on the interior immediately getting out to that 20 point lead. You know, I think it ballooned to what, as many as 32. Iowa cut it to 20 Around I think the eight minute mark of the second half, and you're like, okay, like maybe if they go on an epic run here, they could make it interesting, and that never materialized. And so to me, the game was over, you know, probably by the four minute mark of the first half because of how good Iowa State was on the interior. And like, I don't know how sustainable that is. Like, I think you know, if your offensive options are Trey King and and Rob Jones inside going forward, I don't think like that's gonna be the the game plan. I think paint touches will remain the game plan. Um, what I was impressed with, too, is that it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't like back to the basket traditional post-ups. That was part of it, but it was a lot of their work in the pick and roll. It was a lot of really good interior passing, you know, where their, I, the, a, uh, an Iowa State player, whether it was one of those two bigs or a guard, would draw a second defender, and then they'd immediately find the guy that was open in the interior. So, again, it was really, really impressive game from Iowa State offensively, both uh, strategically and from an execution standpoint. It was just really high-level basketball. I mean, I don't think you can give Iowa State <coughs> enough credit for, you know, really playing a great 40 minutes and having a great 40-minute plan that they were able to execute.
1: Here's something that that we noticed very early last night. I think I pointed this. I, I mentioned it to you that, that Iowa State had shot – something like 12 free throws, 12 to 15 free throws, before Iowa even shot one. And, and that's not about officiating. That's got, that's got nothing to do with, with officiating. That was all about, I like going back to what we've been saying for the last five minutes, that's all about in the paint. Iowa State, like you said, Iowa State's first first option is to get in the paint. And that that's and last night that that paid off um, um, I eventually we knew that Iowa would eventually get to the line which they did um, but uh, by the time they did it was pretty much out of whack and Iowa State had had stamped had had had, had put its flag down inside the paint that that we're not going to be we're not going to be budged this is our paint and and we're gonna own it and they and they did and they did it throughout the game Um I, I was thinking to myself about possibly a little bit of a letdown, maybe um, in the in the second half after after having that that eighteen point lead at halftime. It wasn't. There was no letdown in the second half. Um, the and, and it was they kept up the the perimeter shooting. They kept passing the ball. They kept running, um, and, and and more importantly, they kept up with the paint and they kept to their they kept to their plan of get of getting to the free throw line. I mean, it was it was as close as close to a perfect game as 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 I've seen Iowa State play in a long long time um you know I'm sure there're probably moments and, and TJ mentioned a couple last night where where he can go back on the film and say that this is on the video and say this is what this is what we have to do um better the next time sure there's there's stuff um but uh um there 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 certainly wasn't wasn't a whole lot out there that, that TJ could criticize. Um, um, you know, he, he did mention, what, Keyshawn's behind the back pass. But uh, um, I, re- I rewatched that a little bit this morning. I, dude, that's the only way he was going to get that pass there. But, but anyway.
0: I mean, that was their best possession of the season. Yeah. I mean, like the pass yeah. w- and the finish was the cherry on top, but it was really you get a turnover on the other end. And you come and you make extra pass, extra pass, extra pass, penetrate, dish, bucket. I mean, it was as as good as you can do it. And like, I don't think Iowa was fully engaged at that point defensively because I think it was a twenty point game with four minutes left yeah. or whatever. But you know, it, that's as good as it gets.
1: And you know, and, and so Iowa State's now seven and two. They got four games left. They got a chance to win eleven games, um, in the non conference. Which is which is right on par. They were twelve and zero in the non-conference, um, the first year. I think they were nine and two, nine and three, last year. They could win eleven this year. That's pretty darn good for this for this team. Um, and then heading into uh, October, January sixth, that at uh, at, uh, at Oklahoma because that Big Twelve is going to be a grinder. I mean, it's 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 everybody knows that. We've written that ad nauseum. You don't have to write it. You can just watch it on TV and just see it um people can see it um yeah and i and iowa state is 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 uh you know there's 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 no bad games anywhere there's no bad opponents after after the the next four once the calendar turns so going into the the final four games um of the of the the non-conference season which are by games against teams that are averaging What i what i have figured that out averaging number two they're averaging 283rd in the kim Palm. Ratings, so I mean they should be they should be relatively easy games. Iowa State can get the momentum going to Oklahoma, and you know
0: we'll see what happens during the during the the Big Twelve season. Well, and before we dive into what's yeah. next for Iowa State, like I don't know if it's I don't know if it means anything, but I think it's worth noting that this series has kind of been lame, like going on yeah. almost a decade good in point. terms of how good the games have been you know, that it's now been seven straight that have been decided by double digits. Three of the last four have been decided by historic margins. Iowa set the all-time series record in 2020 uh, by winning by 28. Um, Iowa State set its all-time record by winning by 22 years ago. Breaks it last night by winning by 25. It's just not been competitive, and it's, you know, our uh, – Colleague Mike Halas from the Cedar Rapids Gazette, I thought brought up a good point. Um, Very good. In yes. the Post game press conference that <clears throat> even the team that gets shellacked in this game hasn't necessarily been indicative of them being bad. I mean, they've had, there have been teams that have gotten their butts kicked in this game and gone on to the NCAA tournament. Now, that Iowa State team that lost by 28 at Carver three years ago, that, that turned out to be a historically bad team. But otherwise, it hasn't always been. I mean, the 2018-19 the team that lost by 14, like, that was a damn good team that won the Big 12 tournament that was ranked, I think, in the top five at one point um, before kind of sputtering to the end. But there's been some good teams that have gotten whooped in this game. And I mean, you go back, it's been even – so the 2017-2018 game was – Six points, and then before that, it was fourteen points, and then you had the great eighty three eighty two game in Prome's first year, which we won't talk about that game. That's bad memories for you, uh Randy. But like this game has not been very competitive for going on damn near a decade. Like, is there anything to make of that? Like in terms of the the makeups of the teams, the matchup, the the home court advantage that these teams have, the the timing and the schedule. I mean, it is what it is it like it would be a lot more entertaining if these games were competitive but they've just been ass kickings yeah. more often I think than it's not. I think it's probably a little bit of all but but what about
1: what about the timing of the rosters also um um I I, I Iowa didn't look great against against Purdue either now let's not forget that.
0: Yeah, I mean I don't think this is a great Iowa team but like no, but not speaking that, more that's generally for the with, last 10 years.
1: That's where that's where I'm headed with this. Yeah. And and TJ's done a great job getting into the portal and getting the, the players that that uh, he knows that or he thinks can can fit their can fit their system. But uh, um, and I don't know whether there's there's probably a little extra juice for for both sides in, in this game, depending on where the game is. I mean, last night, yesterday, they let the students in two hours, three hours, two hours. I don't know what it was before the game. And by the time the Iowa players were coming onto the floor, just just in their in their sweats or, or just to just to shoot around, just to to have something to do after arriving at the at the arena, I mean it was it was it was no holds barred. I mean it was the the students were in, were in rare form. They'd been lining up. They lined up for the women's game the night before. So I think I would think that the Iowa State players, yeah, they were a little juiced. Like Keyshawn said, this is the first time he played in any environment like this. So I think you have to give, give some credit to the, to the, um, um, to the crowd, to the crowd as well. But, but nonetheless, getting back to your point about the last, however many games being double digit, being double digits, it, it, it's that's, that's, that's really an anomaly that, that I don't, that I think it's just a a whole number of different factors um, are involved in that. Um, I, I would hasten to say that, that, I can't imagine the Iowa State of Iowa State's victories. Once the calendar turns, I would hasten to say that that there will be more. Um, there won't be as many double-digit wins as there are, um, you know, as, as the like this. So um, certainly there won't be. So yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I think there's a whole array of of factors behind that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's more interesting than anything i don't know that i can have a an answer either other than like it would be i think a lot more interesting for both fan bases if these games were competitive but you know it leaves one very happy uh uh, on either side of the divide every other year uh for the last seven years or so one happier Uh, but i think like the one one yeah the uh The one thing that stands out, I don't know on the negative side of the ledger, but certainly something that people want to talk about is is Omaha Ballou's minutes. Did not get in the game. On uh, Thursday night, played only six minutes, none in the second half against DePaul. Um, The former five-star McDonald's All-American obviously came in with a lot of expectations this year and has now – not played double-digit minutes in the last four games, uh, a DNP coach's decision last night. um, We didn't ask TJ about Omaha last night. I asked him about it on Friday when he only played six first-half minutes, didn't get into the game in the second half. That was largely a blowout late, and you would have thought they could have gone back to him, same as last night. I think it's worth reading what TJ Otzelberger had to say, Uh, on friday night because i don't think anything has probably changed from friday to thursday here's what he told me when i asked him about it on friday night omaha is a freshman he's an unbelievable young man he's a guy that cares about his teammates he wants to do the right thing he wants to make the right play he's just got to keep working those opportunities will come regardless of what expectations were coming in regardless of anything that was before omaha is a terrific young man he's working every day and if he's if he keeps working, he'll continue to improve, which I know he'll do, and more opportunities will come his way. Which, like, if you want to want me to translate coach speak and also just, I think, everybody who uses their eyes and has watched Balu play in these first games, just not ready to help them win basketball games. I think the game right now is too fast for him. And he's, you know, the, the turnover he had against DePaul – Uh, You know some of the plays that he's had in the last few weeks. It just—he's not a player ready today on December eighth to help Iowa State win high major basketball games. That can change. That can change by January sixth when they open Big Twelve play. It could change in a week. I mean, he's a young kid with a lot of talent and a lot of physical gifts. But I think the bottom line is, it's it's, just—it's—he's not ready yet. And Iowa State (laughs) is trying to win basketball games and they're trying to go to a third straight NCAA tournament don't you don't really have time to bring along a guy that is not that when you have other guys that can help impact winning more and again like my impression of a situation like this generally not specifically this situation but generally when you get a high level recruit a local kid and you want more of those in the future you have a lot invested in that player's success and if you can play him, you will. And I think this is a situation right now where Iowa State, if they're trying to maximize their ability to win basketball games against high major opponents, he's not helping them do that more than a guy like Rob Jones or anybody in the rotation right now. You know, Demarion Watson got early run on Thursday night. There's just guys ahead of him right now. That's my Thoughts on the situation? I yeah,
1: well, that's that's a lot to unpack, Travis. And I, I, I can't disagree with with anything, um, that you that you said. All, all I can do is just embellish a little bit or add to it. Um, what, we've noticed him when he when he did play. I didn't. You know, you were at you were at DePaul and saw it firsthand and saw. You know, we like to watch body language, and I've not noticed any bad body language. I'm not going there.
0: Zero but, whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: That and uh, yeah, that that wasn't my my situation. That wasn't my yeah. point. But my my point is is also is is that he gets lost on defense sometimes, and he gets he gets out of sorts sometimes on offense. And yes, like you alluded to, that's probably about, has a lot to do with the game moving faster. But he's not played the kind of structure that 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 TJ has been successful with. And that, that 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 wins that that leads to success at high at high level major college basketball put him in a put him in a in a pickup game or, or in a game where where there's where there's there's no set plays to run he'll score you 40 points a game obviously but uh and and, and on the expectations i don't i i i'm this is to me this to me is another of those instances. And there are not many of them, but there are some where his stati- statistics, high school statistics, get in the way of, of, of the star system, the, the, the website star system, five-star guy. Um, yeah, he, he probably was in high school, but sometimes that doesn't project to, to college. And I think we saw this, you know, the, the FIBA, the, the under-19 team, sure they picked him. Sure he was a McDonald's Ball american how, how do you not have somebody like that with, with those kind of stats? But we saw with the FIBA games that he didn't play as much as, as what I thought he would play until I saw, I saw what, what was going on out there. Perfect example that, that he's behind, in in the the speed of the game now that's I'm not I'm not saying that it 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 won't click in it will I I, I guarantee you I guarantee you it will it will click in at some point if and I I'm suggesting that he'll that he p- could play if I if these next four games are blowouts like I suspect they will be I'm guessing he plays in these in these next four games but that's all contingent on how he practices how he came to practice this morning if in fact they did practice this morning i don't even know um but certainly how he practices between now and and sunday afternoon against whoever it is Prairie pray Prairie, Prairie view and m um that's that's going to that's going to go a long ways because obviously the coaches the coaches watch that whatever he, however many however much you play, that's where it's going to start. It's going to start, it's going to start at the prac in the practice gym. And then, and then it's going to, you know, eventually carry over to, um, to the games. It, but, um, um, and I do think, it, I do think it will, it will click eventually. And maybe it's something about it. And you would know this better than I, Travis. It, being, being a big man in college is, it, to me, I would think would be a tough position to transition from high school to college, um, you know, because you're in there banging around with guys. It's a lot about footwork. You're banging around with guys older than you, stronger than you. Um, it, like I said, it's about footwork. It takes a time. It takes a while. It, it absolutely takes a while. I'm not convinced that 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 he that that Omaha won't have a bright future in college basketball. I, I'm, I'm convinced that he will. It's just going to take time for it to click.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's worth remembering that, you know, Ballou did not play a ton on the, the high-level sneaker AAU circuit, mm-hmm. and he played his high school basketball primarily in at Waukee, and in, in neither of those places are you probably running up against a lot of guys with his size – with his speed, with his athleticism. And now you get to college and those things are still advantages for you. Cause I still think he has elite attributes there, but they're not the overwhelming advantage that they were when you were playing, you know, Des Moines North or Ankeny Centennial or whoever else, uh, in the Des Moines Metro area. And you know, whatever AAU teams you were playing on the, you know, the non EYBL, the non gauntlet, the non UA, Um, circuit. So I think, again, it's just a big adjustment and Iowa state does demand a lot, certainly defensively, um, in terms of principles and second efforts and all, and all the things that we've seen, you know, them be successful That that stuff ain't easy to do. Um, so again, I just, I think it's right now, it's probably all about patience and that is, you know, certainly not a virtue in huge supply in college basketball. And that's why you're not seeing him in the game. You know, there's not patience for him to come in and feel his way out. You know, I think like I've seen lots of people like, well, how's he supposed to get a feel? How's he supposed to catch up? You know, when he's getting two or three minute stints. The bottom line is, is you, you don't have the luxury of letting a guy feel his way through a game when you're trying to win and the margins are thin and other guys are more ready. And so to your point earlier, like it's probably going to have to happen in practice and then slowly translate into the game before he gets, you know, carves out a bigger spot or, you know, reemerges in the rotation. But, you know, that's, you know, I think it is the situation seems to be just that, that there's that he's not able to help as much as other players. And again, I I don't know that it's I don't think we need like a uh, what's up with Omaha uh, segment on this show or any show. At weekly, but I, you know, I think that's the situation until we see something change and I wouldn't anticipate that happening overnight because you know, these things are usually a long process. Development is a multi-year lifetime <laughs> process, obviously. But so yeah, that, that was the one thing I think people wanted to know even in a 25 point win yesterday, but otherwise Thursday night could not have gone much better for Iowa state. Now we essentially, you know, you try to avoid disaster if you're Iowa State for the next three weeks with the four bye games. And then you got uh, Oklahoma on January 6th. And then it's off to the races. It's uh, the two month grind to solidify your place in the NCAA tournament. I think Iowa State has positioned them well, positioned themselves well. But, you know, that that Big 12 is a son of a gun, as uh, they like to say.
1: Yeah. And be, uh, Houston's number Houston's – well, Houston's number one, and Kim Palm, right? B, um, BYU is in the top ten. Baylor's in the top ten, and oh, I haven't even mentioned Kansas yet. So, yeah, this is this is going to be a um, a son of a gun. Um, but it's, but look at it like this: if Iowa State can win eight games, win, can win nine games. They're they're a lock in the anybody that wins eight or nine games in the Big Twelve tournament or in the Big Twelve, I would assume would be would be a lock to be in the NCAA tournament at some, you know, for some kind of a seat because of the respect that the big 12 will generate because of, of what that will do for your, for your, for your analytics, which the playoff, or playoff, the the NCAA selection committee looks at. So, yeah, so I, I, I'm looking forward to the, to the beginning of the big 12. And like you said, get through these next four games without, without catastrophe and see what this, see what, where this season can take us.
0: He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. This has been the Cyclone Insider Podcast and live stream. Be sure if you missed any of it, to check it out wherever it is. You listen to your podcast or uh, head over to YouTube to see the video stream. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll catch you next time.